Today, we are discussing how people-pleasing shows up for those with ADHD. My name is Amy Ballantyne. Welcome to Power to the People-Pleasers, and I'm so excited to have my guest, Abigail, who's the expert in this topic. Welcome, Abigail. Thank you so much, Amy. It is so great to be with you today. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm, you know, I'm really excited. You, uh, first of all, are my hero. Six children. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, quite a ride. <laughs> <laughs> and you have like hair still. You haven't pulled it all out. <laughs> smile. Big smile. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Thank God. Amazing. So mom of six kids and you shared most of which have been diagnosed with ADHD. So you you lived this. You've got so much knowledge and ed education when it comes to special education, dyslexia, co uh, cognitive education for kids with ADHD. You're a teacher, a lecturer. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like being bored. I Clearly. Yeah, my husband's genetics, but they might have gotten something from me. I'm not sure. Oh my goodness, I'm I'm excited for our conversation today. So, before we get started, I really like uh, to to ask my guests if if you've ever been a people pleaser and how that experience showed up for you. Oh my God, that's the reason why I reached out to you because I love the title of your podcast because people pleaser is is absolutely there in my background and uh, it coming from a, a bit of a challenging uh, childhood where there wasn't very much room for kind of self-expression and you needed to be a certain way to be okay. Um, it was it was kind of put into the DNA quite young that you follow these rules. You smile the right way, you say the right things, and then then people like you and you don't do that then you're not you're not worth our time so mm -hmm. it was def I, I definitely learned that uh that I, I was needed to follow certain rules in order to be accepted but interestingly you know because i, I have a little bit of a rebel side in me uh, my husband might say a little bit more than a little, a little. And, uh, you know, on the one side, there was the, I always got along well with adults. I was very, you know, appropriate. I said the right things, but then like, I had to like, just swing the other way and, you know, like rebel against that every once in a while, just to keep myself sane and balanced. That, that might've saved me by the way. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. So, you know, I, when I was preparing for this conversation with you, and looking over my notes, I wrote down the words saying yes to gain approval, to get people to like me. And and you brought that up just now as well. Why is this a problem? Well, it's a major problem because what we're doing is we're being outwardly guided instead of inwardly guided. And we're never making decisions according to what's authentically us and that gets us into terrible terrible problems uh because we never we were deleting ourselves and this is not one of those new age fluffy psychology kind of things where you have to put yourself first and you have to listen to yourself this is really important in order to create relationships you have to know who you are you have to love yourself first and if you're only working on being loved by others 
and you're not paying attention to what's good for you, you land up um, not being able to create honest, good relationships. I've been working with with a, a couple for, for a very long time, and the wife finally made a breakthrough. This is something we've been talking about probably for five years. Um, and she finally started, she loves going out in nature and taking trips by herself, a couple of hours. And I've been telling her for years, you wanna be a good wife, a good mother, uh, good at what you do at work, take those hours because you will have the energy. Stop trying to please others by making the house nice and neat. Please your boss, please your husband. Don't do that. Take a break. And finally, she started going out on little hikes. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, that, that's a powerful story. I, feel, I have a lot of clients like that as well, Abigail. I feel like this is common this need to please like you said that make sure the house is perfect make sure your work is all complete well oftentimes with my clients they're like well truly the work can never be complete well then i'm like okay right. <laughs> that's exactly that's the point since the work can never be completed take care of yourself yes and this is like what i didn't tell you is is that she's finally you know, you start you start feeling like the person's making the progress. I'm so excited about this because she's finally turned that corner mm. and she finally can see her children and her husband and her home and everything else and be okay with leaving the house while it's messy yeah. and doing something for herself and coming back and saying, okay, the house is always going to be messy a little bit. Got little kids. That's the way it is. Yes, that is the way it is. Like, let's be real here so i i'd love to hear from you you uh, you share that you've got six kids most diagnosed with adhd and we're here talking about how people pleasing shows up for those uh, individuals tell me more about this please so what i've seen a lot with my adult clients with adhd is that um they have a lot of voices and it See, the thing is with ADHD is that it is a is a diagnosis of observable symptoms. That means we're seeing things in a person, but do we know why it's being caused? It could be something physiological. It could be something genetic. It could be the voices in our head. And very, very often with adults, I'm going to see uh, kids as well, but adults have been living with it and stewing in it for so long mm -hmm. that the voice in their heads that they were never okay. They never were doing the right thing. They were never making it. They usually come from backgrounds of a tremendous amount of criticism. And because of that, they'll start something and then not quite know where to go with it and stop. So it looks like impulsivity. It looks like lack of follow through. It looks like like uh, giving up. It looks like laziness. We could we could um, label that so many different things. But really what it is, is I've tried so hard to please others that I that I do not have an identity of my own. And I'm always feeling like I'm falling short. In addition, people who have been given labels, you are problematic. You are smart believe it or not those even positive compliments is suddenly now you tell me that i'm smart as a little kid and my, my daughter was doing a psycho um, educational evaluation the other day she's so cute she was just just rocking it the, the teacher asked because she she likes to get up and walk around the classroom surprise surprise and mm -hmm. uh i said if you started teaching i didn't say this but i said it in my mind if you taught 
like in an interesting way, she'd be completely, you know, enamored by your classes. But I, I'm not going to be judgmental. The point is that that the woman, the tester was excellent, the psychologist. And uh, but in middle, she says to my daughter, who was doing really well on one of these exams, she says, she says, you're brilliant. And I saw the switch in my daughter's body language. The minute she was told she's brilliant, she got nervous. Now she has to be brilliant. Beforehand, it was puzzles. She was having a good time. She was succeeding. She was, she was great. Every time she did the right thing, the woman was like, excellent, excellent, fantastic. The minute she labeled her as brilliant, suddenly my daughter had to prove herself to someone else. And a lot of the ADHD kids have been labeled something, most of them. And they spend their entire lives either having to be that thing, people pleasing by having to be that, or not being able to match up for that and in constant state of failure. So I know what my takeaway is. My takeaway is really be mindful of the words and the languages, the language that we're using around the labels. Is there another takeaway there that you would share? Well, there's a takeaway on both sides for the adults responsible for children. Mm -hmm. I would say what, what your takeaway is exactly it. We never label people by what they are, who they are, brilliant, an artist. You know, I see so many little artists who've been crushed because, you know, suddenly it's no longer joyful because they, they must produce beautiful art instead of enjoying the process. Mm -hmm. So we need to be complimenting people and enjoying the people we love through what their choices are. Well, you've chosen to use the red accented with the brown. That's beautiful. What a great choice that really brings out the background, whatever it is, you know, that's uh, just an example. Um, but for ourselves, if we're not charged with taking care of other people, we have to reevaluate and uh, see because that becomes the, these labels become the war we fight with ourselves every minute of every day. So we have to separate out what our parents and teachers demons were and that which is why they imposed on us these labels and and then we have to we have to clear that out separate that's not me and then and then take a journey inside and figure out what is me what do i like what do i what do i enjoy what do i need from this world what am i great at What's interesting for me? And then start rebuilding, re-raising re ourselves in, mm -hmm. in a much more wholesome, inwardly centered manner. And uh, it's very doable, but it's, it's, it's a process that takes time because we're so used to this. The end result is what's important. And mm -hmm. just like you said before, okay, so the house is not messy. The house is not clean. It's never going to be perfect. So take a journey. Enjoy the process. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, I love that. And I love what you just shared there. This, uh, I'm going to go back. <laughs> I'm going to go back and, and write down the words that you shared, because what you just shared was really, really powerful around how to help ourselves as well. You know, I, 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 I haven't, and, and is, is this right to say, I haven't been labeled as someone with, with ADHD, but sometimes my focus is off. Sure. <laughs> right? sure. I feel like this is, 
I'm that that would mean you just labeled yourself as human. Yes. <laughs> right, exactly. So as humans, uh, you know, letting go of of that, the labels and and being mindful of how I'm speaking to my kids, so powerful. Thank you. Well, there's also I think that what centers us is we often are focused on what was supposed to be and what should have been. And my clients say that to me all the time. And perhaps I say to myself as well, it was supposed to be, the kid was supposed to be that way. You know, this, this was not supposed to be. And then I stop whoever it is that's saying it and say, who said, yeah. who said it was supposed to be that way? No, yeah. the fact that it is this way means that this is the right way for you right now. And this yeah. is what you're supposed to conquer, not something else. Yes. And and that's the same. I talk about the word should, which is the exact same as supposed to be, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I wrote down survival skills. Tell me about survival skills for people that you work with that would be in alignment with this conversation here. So what I see a lot is, uh, well, first of all, people that uh, struggle with ADHD symptoms, their survival skill is just to, to give up essentially and mm -hmm. like, demand that someone else pick up the slack um, instead of fighting it through because they're so scared of failure. Um, they also very often will rely on a great sense of humor, uh, a fun personality, uh, as opposed to really doing the work because um, that works. It does, you know, it's fun to be around someone who who's fr friendly and has good leadership skills, but then they're, again, they're slacking on the follow through. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think what else, I, I know that I see this a lot. Also aggression tends to, to get in there um, because if you're louder than the other person and you could push a little bit harder, no one's gonna notice what you're lacking. We see that with, with learning disabilities also. Wow. So interesting. So interesting. So you wrote two books, Hyper Healing and Hyper Healing, Show Me the Science. Tell me about these. Okay. I actually finished Hyper Healing, the first one, which is a 400 page easy read. I promise. It's super <laughs> interesting. Everyone, that's the feedback I'm getting. Look at the reviews on Amazon. Everyone's like, oh, that's a great, it's like a beach novel. But uh, that I, I finished writing that. Um, during, uh, during the first COVID lockdown. So I was locked in my house with my very energetic husband and all of my <laughs> six children. So it's, it's a miracle that it exists. But the fact is that, that it's a testament to really living it and being able to present it to the world. The reason why I wrote Hyperhealing, the first book, was because um, People were turning to me and uh, for help for their for either themselves, their spouses, their children, and um, coaching is expensive, and people just couldn't afford it, or it, I just wasn't accessible to enough people, and I felt that's just not fair. That uh, you know, a, a person who cannot afford coaching, and keeping in mind that a kid with ADHD symptoms often has other learning disabilities and needs a tremendous amount of extra help. So it's it's very expensive to have a child who has extra needs. And therefore, 
I felt like I had really created a solid program. And the, the program wasn't one of these ivory tower programs. It's a mom program. I'm a special educator. Uh, so I've taught in the classroom for many years. I'm a college lecturer as well. So I, I, so I teach teachers uh, about ADHD in the classroom. So I have a tremendous amount of, of gained knowledge uh, and also practice. And because of that, I always say there's nothing in my book I haven't tried. It's like, you know, like chefs, like they're not going to give out a recipe that they, they didn't make and they don't and they know it, it's, it's successful. So the, the hyper healing protocol is all user friendly, family friendly and usable. And what I do is I uncover the different the main causes of ADHD symptoms. We often hear that it's a neurological disorder. Turns out that's not really the whole story at all. And a minute percentage of kids with ADHD symptoms actually have any detectable neurological problems. So therefore, we, we might be looking in the wrong direction. So what, we're, so what I do is I go through the causes of ADHD symptoms, and I present a very easy-to-follow, user-friendly program that, that parents could go through chapter to chapter. They will find their child in the book. I've never had someone read the book and say, no, 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 my kid's not in there. Your kid's in there and you're going to find him or her. And you're going to be like, how do you know this? Are you in my house? And I am in your house because my kids and your kids, they're, they're really similar and they're amazing. But it's it's a it's a strengthening book because it, it really is a is a coaching program in in book form. And you really can follow it. And I tell people to not just get the book for themselves, but have a couple of friends get together and make a, a, a group together, like a team, where you read a chapter a week and you get together on Sunday and, and you trade notes because I, I actually give homework at the end of every chapter so you can follow it along and, uh, and strengthen each other and you know cut me right out of the process. That's fine. That's the goal of it. Uh, Hyperhealing Show Me the Science was really where I began my ADHD journey, which was trying to figure out what was going on uh, with the diagnosis itself and the medication, which was always the first option that's, that's offered. And, um, and I did medicate three of my children, uh, much to their detriment, unfortunately, um, which is why I started doing this research. And I really left no stone unturned here. And, uh, and the second book for me is very important. And it's, it was a labor of love writing it because I really wanted to give parents and whoever wants to read it full informed consent about what's going on with the diagnosis itself. Is your kid's brain disordered? Is this a pill that's going to solve the problem, fix the brain? What are the upsides, the downsides? Because the pills, they, they do work. What are the long-term, short-term, the whole story? So that it's a shorter book and you really get to, to make the decision you want to make that's best for your child. Oh, wow. Well, I, I want to go check them out. <laughs> Sounds like very, very informational and interesting book. So can you share with me, as we're wrapping up together today, I'm so curious, when you are working with families who have children with ADHD or these adults, uh, well, you know what? It's more, my question is more around children. So okay. these children have ADHD, you're working with the family. Is that pretty typical or are most of your clients adults? 
No, no, it's an even split. And it actually depends. Right now I happen to have a, a bunch of teenage boys for some reason. Like it, it comes in waves. Okay. That is quite an interesting population to work with. But yeah, it's, it's it both. Okay, so you've got this these parents with the children that or the child that has uh, ADHD. What methods are you using or what's one method that you use to support this relationship and uh, experience for the parents and the child that relates to not having them become people pleasers? Oh my gosh, that's a great question. That That is great. All right, here we go. Uh, the first thing we do actually, and you'll see that in the first couple of chap chapters of the book, because I always address the parents first, because we're the rock of our children's lives. And therefore, we got to check in with ourselves and see what's going on. The first thing we're doing is getting mom and dad to not be people pleasers. Because when we are, then we're our kid has a tantrum in the supermarket and we lose our minds on our kid instead of being able to pull it together and be like, okay, this is not fun. It's not pleasant, but not to go to that place of utter humiliation. I'm a failure. I'm a loser. So we, yeah. we first go to there. What's going on for you that's making you respond in a way that's way more forceful or ignoring too much? What are your stories? So we start there to clear out people pleaser in the parent generation. And then I work with, with the parents on really the beginning of the, the child's intervention is a three-pronged plan where we're first working on communication. And what we do is I, I retrain parents on how to do positive communication. And the first thing we talk about is compliments, how you need to compliment process so that your child doesn't, you don't turn your child into a pleaser within a second with the one wrong kind of word. And then, and our children, especially the kids with ADHD symptoms are need our attention more than other children. And that's why they're tantruming more. That's why they're demanding more of our energy all the time. That that's just the, that's it's built in for them. And it's, it's something that's understandable, but I'm not gonna get into it now. But if they need our attention so much, we need to help them turn inwards. And the, the process-oriented compliments help them pay attention to their choices and their ability to analyze what's in front of them and come up with a good solution. And then we work, and so that's the first part is communication. Then we work on um, learning how to do routines. So we're working with the child on, because they, the kids with ADHD symptoms are terrible at the follow-through. That's really their challenge. They're great at a hundred other things, follow through is where they fail. So uh, we're helping them work on routines that are important to them. Again, we're always checking in with the kid, what's important to you. And we're going to, and we're going to work on helping you succeed in the area that's important to you. The final part is very, this is only the beginning, the three pronged beginning part of the program is respectful punishment. And again, within the punishment, it's not about you disappointed me. I tell parents, you never allowed to talk that way to your child. I'm so disappointed. You have caused me such a headache. No, this has nothing to do with you. You need to be the child needs to make good choices to be a better person for themselves. So they go out in the world prepared with, with uh, good values and, and good, and good habits. And therefore when we're helping a child 
uh, correct their behavior, it's always very much centered on how the child can can improve themselves and not about how you've wrecked me and my world. I am ashamed of you now. That that's that's out. Wow. Awesome answer. Thank you. I didn't, <laughs> you didn't even prepare me for that beforehand. That was amazing. That was an amazing answer. I I am sure as I am that the listeners will feel like wow, what a juicy, juicy topic we had today. And you're so knowledgeable and so approachable, Abigail. And I'm just so grateful that you took the time to be on the podcast with me today. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was really fun talking to you. Great questions. Oh, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and for those people that want to stay connected with Abigail, please find her on Instagram at hyperhealing.adhd. And her website is hyperhealing.org. And this is where your books can be found as well. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you again, Abigail. And thank you so much to those people who have tuned in to watch or listen to the podcast. Power to the people pleasers. Stay tuned for our next episode coming soon.